Howdy, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Once Upon a Time in Texas. Man, sakes alive, we are on episode number 12. I cannot believe we've been doing this for three months so far. Holy smokes. This is, uh, this is crazy. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, doing this weekly is not necessarily tough, but it is tough from the respect that, you know, I... I I have to sit down. I have to focus on it. And I tell you what, I probably get 35 or 40 phone calls a day. Um, well, I say phone calls, you know, phone calls. And then I've got text messages. Of course, I'm doing, you know, all the mortgage business stuff, talking to my broker and realtor, and I'm talking to the realtors. Yeah, and we've got three kids. And so, I mean, man, it's just busy, but I really enjoy doing this. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm your host, Mike Mitchell. I'm your host, producer, editor, head bottle washer, you know, head trash taker outer, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever you call yourself when you're kind of the dude doing everything. So that's right. I am Michael Mitchell. Uh, I do have a lot of fun doing this podcast. And for those of y'all that are listening to it, man, I, I sure appreciate it. I love doing this. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, I learned a lot of stuff along the way. It's, it's been interesting because I've been talking to folks and I'll, I'll tell them a little bit of something and they'll go, where do you know this? I said, well, I spoke about it on a podcast. And they said, oh, you mean you heard it on a podcast? No, 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 no. I did a podcast on that, you know. So it's really interesting learning about the, uh, the great state of Texas, uh, you know, that, that I live in. Today, we're going to be discussing some of the most influential and notable te- uh, presidents from the great state of Texas. Now, I do have to specify, um, some of these guys were not born in Texas. A few of them, a couple of them were born in Texas, a couple of them weren't. And I think the two that weren't are going to kind of surprise you because a lot of people do think they were born here. So we'll, we'll get to that. Um, and a couple of them, you know, the two that weren't born here, just lived here for a while before they ended up becoming president and they entered politics here. So that's that's kind of the interesting thing. So even though you weren't born here in Texas, that's okay. I wasn't born here in Texas. I was actually born in Oklahoma, which according to my wife is like a mortal sin, I guess. So she always gives me a hard time. She was born here in Texas and both of our kids were born here in Texas. So I guess that kind of makes me an honorary Texan. I've lived here most of my life, but uh, yeah, I was born in in Oklahoma City. I figure if I'm going to be born somewhere, I might as well be born in the capital of another state. So can't choose where you were born, but you know what? Oklahoma's a great state too. Maybe someday I'll do a podcast on Oklahoma because they've got some cool stuff going on too. But anyway, before we get get into this though, I want to clarify again, we're not going to be talking about politics. I personally want to stay away from politics. It tends to make a lot of people mad and they get really upset about it. And you know, people get kind of violent sometimes <clears throat> over, uh, sorry, I got a little choked up there. They, they just get like a little violent, a little excited, a little too much on politics. And, you know, I try not to be that way. I'm, I'm one of those people. I kind of like to listen to everybody, but I definitely am firmly planted, you know, where I am. But, uh, you know, I'm able to have good conversations and I do have friends that, 
lie on just about every side of the aisle you can imagine. And so it's good to be well-rounded like that. And it's good to have those people, um, those sounding boards that you can go off of. But we're not talking about politics here. And so uh, we won't be talking whether or not I or y'all agree with these presidents and their policies, their parties, etc. We're not getting into all that mumbo jumbo. This is just information about the leaders of our country that all have something in common, and that is Texas. All right, so before we jump into it too much, I do want to mention our sponsor, uh, me and Miracle Mortgage. So I know there are tons of people moving to and in Texas, and I know a lot of you know people that are moving to and in Texas. So let me help them out. Uh, For those of y'all that don't know, I am an independent mortgage loan originator. I work with my friend and broker who owns and started um, this company called Miracle Mortgage, and we've done it to help people finance their dream homes here in Texas. Uh, We enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, You know, using a broker is great because we don't get paid unless you guys close a loan and you're happy. So we have your best interest in mind. Um, Whereas if you got somebody working for a bank, I mean, they work for the bank. They work for that lending institution. So they really have the lending institution's best interest in mind most of the time. And there are great people out there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that banks and lending institutions are bad. Just brokers are a little better. At least that's what we like to think. So anyway, we're trying to help people finance their dream homes here in Texas. The tough part about doing mortgages, though, is no one really wants what I'm selling. <laughs> I mean, seriously, who wants a mortgage, right? I mean, you guys think about it. I I get it. But you know what? Unless you're independently wealthy, you know, the vast majority of people can't afford to purchase a home unless they do financing. So why not work with someone who's at least entertaining, like yours truly, and works hard to make the pain, you know, make the whole work part of it painless? I mean, the whole process can be a real pain in the butt. But who can make that process painless? Well, me, your friendly local mortgage originator. <laughs> So if I'm sorry, I'm just kind of laughing at myself. So if you know someone moving to or in Texas, man, send them on over my way. Y'all can find me at themichaelmitchell.com. And I want to specify that's the T-H-E. There are some other Michael Mitchells here in my area around Wichita Falls. One's my father. Another one's apparently an accountant out in Iowa Park. There's a Michael Mitchell that's a diesel mechanic at the local Love's truck stop. Um, so when I was looking for where or what to call my website, I was looking at different website addresses and, you know, all different variations of michaelmitchell.com.us.co and all that. And good old GoDaddy comes up with the recommendation of the michaelmitchell.com, which I laughed about because everybody would say, oh, are you related to that Michael Mitchell or that Michael Mitchell? And I'd say, you know what? I am the Michael Mitchell here in Wichita Falls. And everybody laughed. And so... Anyway, as soon as that popped up with GoDaddy, I was like, well, and I own that. So anyway, send your friends and family over that are moving to or in Texas to themichaelmitchell.com. Let me help them out. And remember here at Miracle Mortgage, we sell dreams, not mortgages. Now everybody go, oh, that sounds so sweet. Y'all sell dreams, not mortgages? (laughs) 
Yeah, that's true. We do. I mean, uh, I that's that's why I got into it, and I really enjoy it. I really enjoy helping people get houses. So anyway, there you go. <clears throat> Send them over to themichaelmitchell.com. All right, so the point of our podcast today, let's go ahead and jump into it. So when you think of presidents from Texas, who do you think of first? And I'm going to let that one sit for just a second. All right. Y'all think of the Bushes, right? George W. and George H.W. Bush. Would you be surprised to know that neither were born here in Texas? Right? I mean, a lot of people don't know that. They they really do. So let's go ahead and start with those two caballeros because a lot of people don't know this. And we're going to get into a little bit of history about each uh, El Presidente here. So George H.W., so Herbert Walker Bush was born in Milton, Massachusetts. That's a long way from Texas. Although uh, later, well, really not too much later, he was born in 1924. uh, And then in 1925, his family moves to uh, Greenwich. It's spelled Greenwich, but I think they say it Greenwich, um, Connecticut. So 1925, so I guess he's about a year old. His paternal grandfather, so father's father, Samuel P. Bush worked as an executive for a railroad parts company and his maternal grandfather, um, yeah, his mother's grandfather, George Herbert Walker. So Herbert Walker Bush, that's his, that's his nickname. So George Herbert Walker Bush, his mother's dad was George Herbert Walker. Um, he led a Wall Street investment bank, which is kind of cool. So because of those two guys, the, fur, the, the, the Bush family is fairly well-to-do, and they were largely unaffected by the Great Depression. On his 18th birthday, so let's see, um, 1924, so 1942, on his 18th birthday, George H.W. Bush enlists uh, in the U.S. Navy and became a naval aviator which is pretty cool, and I, I don't know. I guess I just didn't pay this much attention to it, but uh, I, I thought that was kind of cool. And he was stationed with the Naval Reserve at the Naval Air Station in Corpus Christi, Texas. And he is considered one of the youngest aviators ever in the Navy. He did serve in the Pacific Theater in 1944, and he flew a torpedo bomber, uh, a type of plane called a Grumman TBF Avenger, and his squadron was assigned to the aircraft carrier USS San Jacinto. So there's another. So he's stationed in Corpus Christi, so Texas. And he's on the aircraft carrier USS San Jacinto. Um, so again, another tie to Texas. So he was shot down with several other aviators, several other planes in 1944. Um, he survived while several others didn't or several others were captured and then executed. So he attributes this particular act. He ended up being saved and picked up by another um, U.S. ship. And so he attributes this to what shaped him um, into the man he would become. So in 1948, after he got married in 1943, um, having his... First kid, George W. Bush, I think in 46, we'll find out here in a minute. He graduated from Yale in 1948. He ends up moving to West Texas 
where he works as an oil field equipment salesman. So he moved to West Texas to kind of get out from under, I guess, the umbrella of both of his, you know, grandfathers and his father because they were all well-to-do. Apparently, H.W. wanted to go do something a little different. So, 48, he moves to West Texas, gets into oil field equipment sales. In 1952, he starts his own oil company and then co-founded several others, mainly in the Permian Basin. And if you don't know where that is, I mean, that's all over West Texas. Um, you're talking like Midland, Odessa, clear out to El Paso, um, Fort Stockton. It's a huge area. And so, he even later started a subsidiary oil company that did offshore drilling off the shore of Texas. So it's in Texas where he starts to become heavily involved in politics. Um, he served as a congressman from 1966-1970, an ambassador to the United Nations from 1971 to 1977. Here's one I didn't know. He was director of the CIA from 1970 to 1978. I'm sorry, 1977 to 1980. Uh, vice president, which I knew about, under Ronald Reagan, 1981 to 1989, and then finally is the 41st president of the United States from 89 to 93. So during his presidency, he helped build strong international alliances. He led an international coalition to liberate Kuwait from Iraq and signed the Americans with Disabilities Act that we have now. He signed it into law. So he did a bunch of great things. I think George H.W. Bush is uh, fairly well thought of as a president. He's ranked pretty highly on the presidential list, I reckon. So, yeah. But he was not born in Texas. This is just where he jumped into politics because uh, he was working here. So I thought that was interesting. There's a lot of people that assume he was born here. And, of course, we can't forget George W. Bush. Um, he was actually born in New Haven, Connecticut in 1946. So, yeah, he was, uh, you know, he was born basically while George H.W. was at war doing his stuff. Uh, he was also an aviator. He flew warplanes for the Texas National Guard. Uh, he was a Harvard Business School graduate. And he also later worked in the oil industry like his father. I didn't find a whole lot of information about that, just that he was involved in the uh, oil industry, which I think kind of everybody knew. But I, here's one thing I didn't know. He was the co-owner of the Texas Rangers. Not the Texas Rangers, the law guys, the Texas Rangers Major League Baseball team. You know, for those of y'all that don't follow sports or anything and don't know who the Texas Rangers are, that's a baseball team. Of course, they're also a pretty badass group of, uh, you know, police officers, state police officers working here in Texas. So um, not the same group of guys. It's not like they play baseball on the weekends for those of y'all <laughs> not from Texas. Anyway, I digress. So George W. also makes his political career, um, starts his political career here in Texas. Um, he gets involved in a few things, and then he jumps in as governor of Texas from 1995 to 2000. And then uh, he was elected as our 43rd president of these United States from 2001 to 2009. So during his presidency, of course, a lot of you that listen to this will remember this, um, he led the country through the aftermath of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. He launched the war on terror in Afghanistan and Iraq and implemented education reform 
um, with his no child left behind policy, which has actually done quite a bit of good. Um, some people think there's a lot of bad stuff and there is, I'm a former teacher. There's some things in the no child left behind policy. That's kind of a pain in the butt, but overall, I think it, it was meant to do some very good stuff. <clears throat> so let's jump into actually, you know, some Texas that were actually born here in Texas. So first let's start off with our good buddy, LBJ. This is Lyndon Baines Johnson. Um, LBJ was born in the small town of Stonewall, Texas in 1908, and he's mostly referred to, as you guys just heard me say, by his initials, LBJ. Um, he actually went to a, uh, I forget the name of the college, but it was basically a teacher's college where he got his teaching certification and was a high school teacher for a while. Um, then he became a uh, Oh, excuse me, a congressional aide before winning the election to the U.S. House of Representatives in 1937. I'm assuming from Texas as a representative of Texas. So he kind of gets into that. In 1948, um, he wins the Senate election in Texas and became the Senate Democrat leader in 1953 and then the majority leader in 1954. He was nominated in 1960 to be the Democratic Party candidate for president, but he was bested by none other than a guy we all know who's also known by his initials, JFK, John F. Kennedy. Kennedy did ask him to be his vice president running mate, and then, of course, you guys you know, know the story. Um, LBJ goes on to become the 36th president of the United States in 1963 after President JFK, John F. Kennedy, was assassinated. So, I know that LBJ, there's a lot of controversy and stuff around him, but there's lots of interesting things that he did. So during his presidency, Johnson passed the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the Voting Rights Act of 1965, um, both of which greatly impacted American society. Um, they also helped to end legal discrimination against African Americans, which is a great thing. He was also a huge supporter of public broadcasting, um, access to health care, aid to education in the arts, urban and rural development. I'd read a little bit. I think one of the big things was pushing electricity, TV, telephone, all that stuff out, especially to rural areas. And then also just a whole plethora of other public services. Just really neat if you guys read about him. Um, he signed the Social Security Amendments of 1965, which resulted in Medicaid and Medicare um, being developed. Um, he bolstered NASA. NASA had started before him, but he kind of bolstered NASA and made the Apollo program a national priority. And we all know about the Apollo program. He also enacted the Higher Education Act of 1965, which established federally insured student loans that allowed more people to attend college. I will gladly say, thank you, LBJ. I was able to go and get my master's degree, of which I now owe about $700 on even though I'm not, you know, teaching and stuff anymore. But that's okay. But it allows a whole lot more people to go to college. <clears throat> His presidency was a tough time, though. Um, he dealt with the war in Vietnam, a lot of public unrest here in the States, because, I mean, we're talking about the 60s here. <clears throat> he So public unrest, race riots, and pretty much just a plethora of other things. I mean, the 60s, I wasn't around, obviously, but... 
I mean, they, that that had to be a tough presidency. There were lots of good things that came out of that time. But there were lots of lots of bad things, I guess, too. So he had a pretty tough presidency. Um, at the end of his presidency in '69, he retires to his ranch near Johnson City, Texas, which coincidentally is not named after him. It was actually named after his father's cousin, James Polk Johnson, um, who I think I think it said was a, a big Baptist minister or whatever. Anyway, so it's named after his father's cousin, but obviously there's lots of Johnsons around Johnson City. <clears throat> so he retires to his ranch, he publishes his memoirs, and then he pretty much stays low-key, does not get back into politics, doesn't really do much until he passes of a heart attack in 1973. So he is considered by most to be one of the most controversial presidents in history. Although I will say the nice thing is lots of historians and scholars place him in the upper tier of good presidents due to his many accomplishments, especially in the area of domestic policy, specifically in civil rights, healthcare, welfare, and education. So LBJ did some good stuff. Good old LBJ from Stonewall, Texas. If you ever get a chance to go down to Fredericksburg and check out Wild Seed Farms, go around Willow City Loop, go check out Johnson City, there's lots of lots of cool things there. Definitely go check it out. All right. So let's jump on to the other president who was born in Texas just a, a little before um, LBJ. And a lot of people don't know this either. Dwight D. Eisenhower. Dwight Eisenhower. He was born in Texas. So he was born in 1890 in Denison, Texas, which is kind of north, northeast, north central Texas. It's north of DFW. Um, but really, he was raised in Abilene. Not the Abilene you guys all know, not here in Texas. He was pretty much raised in Abilene, Kansas. So those Abilenes get confused because you always hear about the cowboys driving the cattle north to Abilene. Well, they're not talking about Abilene, Texas. They're talking about driving these cattle, um, you know, up the big cattle trails and all the romantic stuff up to Abilene, Kansas, where they were shipped out back east. So anyway... Just so you know, there is an Abilene, Kansas. He uh, was a graduate of West Point in 1915. He was denied the opportunity to serve in Europe in World War I, and I don't really see anything as to why he was denied. And I haven't read any biographies on him. That's I'm probably going to pick up a biography on Eisenhower um, at some point um, just to see what it was all about. But he instead commanded a unit training tank crews here in the state. So tanks, you know, like the, the big tank tracks and all that kind of stuff. So he, uh, he commanded a unit of tank crews and doing training and stuff with her. He served well under several generals. Uh, everybody really seemed to like him. <clears throat> and he was, uh, eventually promoted to brigadier general in 1941, which is a big deal. So the U S then enters world war two and he ended up overseeing the invasions of North Africa and Sicily before supervising the invasions of France and Germany. And if you guys know any of your history, um, Eisenhower was definitely one of the big cheeses in World War II. After World War II, he serves as the Army Chief of Staff from 1945 to 1948. He was the president of Columbia University from 1948 to 1953. 
and the Supreme Commander of NATO uh, in 1951-1952. So I think that's kind of interesting. He was the president of Columbia University while serving as Supreme Commander of NATO. So that's interesting. Cool dude. So in 1952, um, he entered the Republican presidential race. Apparently he did not want to do it. Um, he was kind of pressed into doing it. They even started a campaign. Um, the Republican Party started a campaign. I think it was called Draft Eisenhower. Um, so he reluctantly and humbly agrees to run, but mostly he got into the race to block uh, the isolationist forest po foreign policies of Senator Robert A. Taft. <clears throat> Taft opposed NATO um, and really us being involved in any foreign entanglements. Apparently, he just thought we shouldn't get involved. So anyway, Eisenhower gets in, blocks this guy, and he becomes our 34th president, and he served from 1953 to 1961, so two terms. He is credited with several huge projects, and I didn't know this either. This is what I love about this podcast, because I get to dig around and stuff, and it's so cool. So huge projects during his presidency, which includes expanding Social Security, so it had already been started, but he expands it even more, the signing of the Civil Rights Act of 1957, which LBJ obviously continued. Um, and the Civil Rights Act was one of the big ones that integrated the schools, like in Little Rock, Arkansas, you know, where they had to send the military so that the school could be integrated. And I believe that's where the picture was taken of the little African-American girl entering the school for the first time. Don't quote me on that. Don't say Michael Mitchell said that. I am not sure, but I think that's where that picture was taken. He developed and started the construction of the internet, uh, internet. Oh, good Lord. No, he didn't either. The interstate highway system. So all of those I-35, I-40, I-44. Um, those are the ones I know because they're in Texas and Oklahoma. I-10. Um, all those, he, he started that. And that was the largest construction project, uh, transportation construction project uh, in history of the United States. So he does that deal and it's great. And, you know, all these other interstates are still being worked on except for, or not being worked on. They're all completed except for I-35 through Dallas that will forever be being worked on. And it's actually a fact that because of I-35 and the road construction going on there, going on down there around Dallas, that Dallas is actually an hour away from Dallas. So <laughs> there you go. Stupid joke. Anyway, so the inter, uh, interstate highway system is uh, Eisenhower. He also led the creation of NASA through the National Defense Education Act um, and just had absolute, I mean, you got to think about that. What did I say? 1953, 1961, just unprecedented, huge economic prosperity for our country. And so just big deal. So after his presidency, he and his wife, Mamie, uh, moved to their working farm, which was just adjacent to the battlefield in Gettysburg, um, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, he also maintained a retirement home in Palm Desert, California. They later donated the uh, Gettysburg farm to the National Park Service. And I haven't been to Gettysburg, but I want to go see it someday. And I heard the, the Eisenhower farm is a really cool place. <clears throat> he did not retreat from political life completely, though. He did travel some to endorse and support other Republican candidates for various offices around the United States. 
Um, he died in 1969 in Washington, D.C. of congestive heart failure at Walter Reed Army Medical Center um, in 1978. So, um, I'm sorry, at the age of 78, not in 1978, at the age of 78. Um, he had had a lot of health problems before, and apparently it was found that he was vacationing in Colorado, had a heart attack. He ended up having seven heart attacks from like, 1955 through the end of his life <clears throat> so kind of bad deal um but you know he was able to recover and so anyway cool deal is he is buried in abilene kansas inside what they call the place of meditation on the grounds of the eisenhower presidential center i'd like to go up there and see that someday and he didn't want um the huge i guess presidential pomp and circumstance he did take a funeral train um there was a funeral train from washington dc to kansas but uh there wasn't a ton of pomp and circumstance i guess and so um he requested that he be buried in a government-issued casket just like those that served under him um, he requested that he be wearing his World War II uniform, including his Army Distinguished Service Medal with three oak leaf clusters, the Navy Distinguished Service Medal, and the Legion of Merit Medal. Um, he is buried alongside his son, Dowd, who died in 1921 at the age of three, and his wife, Mamie, who passed away in 1979. So it's really cool. Um, you know, he didn't spend a lot of time here, but he was born here. And so that's why we that's why we talk about it a lot. There are a few other states that have had more presidents come from it, but those are the two that were actually born in Texas. And then of course we have the Bushes that started their political careers here in Texas. So I, I think that's really interesting history. So yeah, there you go. We're uh, right at the thirty minute mark. Um, that pretty much does it for this week, podcast number twelve. And what an interesting week, you know. I love the history here in Texas and the people that came from or even through Texas. I think that's just, that's fascinating. You know, don't forget if you know someone moving to or in Texas, you know, they could be a future president of the United States. And why not just send them my way? See if I can help them buy a house. Maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll do a house here and that'll be their big thing when they retire from the presidency and you know, we'll have another state or national park here. So send them my way at themichaelmitchell.com. We here at Miracle Mortgage would love to help them buy a house. So there you go. That's podcast number 12. Remember, folks, the stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. Y'all have a great week.